This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know how to tell you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shot First. I'm Jeff. Joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hey. And special guest Sarah. Say hello, Sarah. Hello. All right. Uh, Alex, tell us why we're reviewing this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Just to because play it now. I saw it in a drive-in decades ago, and I thought, you know what? We haven't seen an Arnie movie in a while, so why not Red Heat? Okay. As tensions you, rode high. This, this is in 1988. When did the Cold War end? 87? Uh, when did Rocky knock out Drago? So... <laughs> that was the end of the Cold War. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, for, for most of the movie, they just refer to it as Russia. So, Except for uh, Lieutenant Danko that says Soviet. They draw, I mean, they dropped the Soviet thing a couple of times, but... Mm-hmm. Most part, it's for Russia. Well, there was one time where Belushi calls someone Russian and Arnold quickly uh, corrects him and says he's Soviet. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. Mm. Okay. All right, well, this came out in 1988, directed by Walter Mm -hmm. Hill, written by Walter Hill and Harry Kleiner, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jim Belushi, Peter Boyle, Gina Gershon. uh, (laughs) Lawrence, Lawrence, don't call me Larry Fishburne. Yes, young Larry Fishburne (laughs) and other people. Sarah, do you know any (laughs) of those names? Larry Fishburne, of course. All right. It stars it stars that one guy that is a character actor in a million things with the crazy eyes. He's the hotel manager. I don't remember. I don't know his name for once. Really? But he's been in a billion things. Ah, I don't yeah, recognize. He's him like way heavy. He's like way heavier now. But anyway, I can't find his name on the IMDb list. I, I recognize the guy from the Fifth Element, like the his lieutenant or whatever. He got like the band-aid on his nose the whole time in that movie. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Got they got interrogated and King uh, and Cash, the great Brian James. Yeah, Brian James. All right then. I recognize the dude that made the keys. Yeah, well, let's not give away uh, some of our top moments. Oh, yeah, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, uh, Alex, this is yours. Take it away. No, we have a guest tonight, Sarah. All right. What is your number seven? Uh, favorite or worst thing about this movie so number seven uh favorite thing i actually really like the number of bald men in the movie it was just, <laughs> <laughs> no seriously there were there were like three or four four bald men in this movie there were like two in the sauna scene and then a couple more in the police station and i was like you know what represent you know it was, it was actually represented uh, it was actually, it, apologies if I step on anybody's list here, but they had one of the dumbest bits of writing I've ever seen. They, the gang is called the Cleanheads because they're black, yeah. so they can't be skinheads. Uh. So they've all got shaved heads. They're clean. Like all, the, all the black guys, except for that one guy, uh, have, have shaved heads in this movie because they're clean heads because they're not skinheads. Mm-hmm. Are they a huge fan of Mr. Clean? No. Because he's white. You sure? Pretty sure. 
Yeah, this was before uh, skinheads were in fashion. Like, before you couldn't shave your head and everybody's thinking you're some sort of criminal. Okay. There, there you go. I I Breaking really barriers. literally can't argue with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't recognize or didn't notice the bald men, but that's that's a good topic. <laughs> it's just, you know, in all the movies you have all these pretty people and then you have these bald men. Are you saying that bald people can't be pretty? No, no. Some of the some of the bald men in the sauna were are actually you, like really buff. I, it's I, just it's nice are, that are they you chose... saying that are you saying that Peter Boyle is not attractive? <laughs> Sorry, which one was Peter Boyle? <laughs> the stupid chief. The stupid yeah, police chief. No, no, I, I can't I can't say that I find him very attractive. Alright. Well you're in the minority there, Sarah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Alex, number seven. My number seven, speaking of uh the sauna scene, which was I'm pretty sure completely um we could have done this whole movie without the sauna scene, but then where would Red Heat be without the sauna scene? And uh I like that there's uh It would I'll tell you what, it wouldn't be any worse. <laughs> true. I like that there's equal parts nudity in this movie. It was very progressive. There's yeah. uh, enough uh, lady boobies in the sauna scene and in other parts of the movie, and equal parts man butts. So yeah, was, maybe, Alex, maybe a little bit more man butt. If it's equal, they'd be dong. Yeah. Well, I don't know. They didn't. They didn't show any hoo hahs. Mm-hmm. All the ladies had their legs crossed. They were proper sauna ladies in Russia. There was the requisite 80s gratuitous amount of nudity. Mm-hmm. At least That's the movie great. passes that grade. So, so what I liked about that scene, though, is like all like the people are naked, but there was that one guy who kept his glasses on for some reason. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that's that nerd, <laughs> that super buff nerd, the sweaty glasses. Yeah. For some reason, it was to get an eyeful. What are you talking about? Well, well, when you put your glasses on in a sauna, it's, it you know it fogs up, so you can't you end up not seeing anything anyways. Yeah, maybe he had little windshield wipers on there. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, they were rushing glasses. Yeah. Oh yeah, rushing glasses. Yeah, they were they're built for the their sauna glasses. <laughs> All right, so this this is my number seven as well. Just the ridiculous opening bathhouse scene. Shout out to Sven Thorson. I did. Sarah, you might not know this, but uh. Sven Thorson and I, who was one of the actors in the bathhouse scene, we share a birthday. Oh, con- September, congratulations. September 24th. <laughs> okay. I, uh, in, ca- in case I, we I forget. That. Say, uh, yeah. That. I, I, actually, I'll mention Sven a little later. <laughs> I want to talk about Sven. Oh, you. Sven. Sven Thorson. The great Sven Thorson. That's right. He gets his beard grabbed. <laughs> He's a chameleon. He's he can play, <laughs> play Russian. He can play German. He can play, he can a play a Russian again. He can play German again. Uh, he can play a barbarian that sounds like a German. Mm-hmm. He can play uh, what the hell is that movie with Jesse Ventura? <laughs> you play yeah. space alien. Oh damn it! <laughs> What's the name of the uh, about Galaxar? No, no, no. It was something even worse than that. It's like a Braxis. Oh yeah, yeah, a Braxis. <laughs> oh, God. Sarah, Spend, you should, watch, you should watch a Braxis Guardian of the Galaxy. <laughs> Braxis Guardian of the Galaxy? Braxis. 
Abraxas. Abraxas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we should talk about that movie sometime, because I have much <laughs> yeah. to say. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways. All right, Scott. All right, moving yeah, along. Been... Number seven, uh, just the some of the stuff in the 80s movies, again, drives me insane. Um, in this case, the the completely useless legal system <laughs> just <laughs> irritates me. Like, the the very first scene with uh, Lawrence, don't call me Larry Fishburne, Richard Bright, and Jim Belushi, they bust in uh, on the drug dealers, and the one guy takes shots at him. And then, like, the very next scene, the chief is like, oh, well, there was a faulty warrant, so they let him go. Like, yeah. what? No. <laughs> you don't get to shoot at police and get to go the next day just because there was a bad warrant. That's not how that shit works, ever. Ever. Revolving, revolving door prison system, man. It's like, oh, well, the cops showed up, and you <laughs> you shot at them, but because they weren't supposed to be there, <laughs> you're free to go, sir. <laughs> <With> our apologies. <laughs> that makes no sense. Chief shitting bricks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> chief of shitting bricks. Yeah, there was, they did a weird thing with the stupid chief in this movie where Peter Boyle kind of walks the line between like not being a stupid chief and being a stupid chief, but ultimately he's a stupid chief. Oh, I got more to say about that, but yeah. But then then uh, Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne plays the classic uh, under-stupid chief guy. Yeah. Yeah, Guy's so. trying to move at the ranks by kissing ass. And trying to dress like Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's my number seven. The <laughs> bullshit eighties. The you got to take the law in your own hands because the legal system is just gonna let people walk. <laughs> All right, uh, my number seven that I already mentioned was same as Alex opening bathhouse scene. So mm-hmm. Sarah, number six. Number six. Um, so the 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 car chases. I think there were like two of them. Uh, one of them was like a low-speed parking garage chase. So you, you have them just going like, oh, let's turn the corner and chase after them. And it's like, wow, low intensity. Um, so, so that was one of them. And the other one was towards the end of the movie with the bus chase. And I have a feeling they only put them in a bus because they're like, oh, Arnold's been on a on a motorcycle and he's been in cars and stuff. What should we put him on next? A bus. It's very possible. I, mm-hmm. I guarantee you there was a fair amount of cocaine <laughs> done in the prep work for this movie. <laughs> and on set, I'm sure, but... Yeah. Well, Sarah, you hit upon my number one. I love that oh. bus chasing. Oh, you would. Um, I know I would. <laughs> where, aside from the movie Chase, where have you seen two buses? It was not even in the movie Chase. Two buses just tearing down downtown Chicago. Nowhere, that's where. Did you mean speed? Yo, what did I say? Chase. Oh. <laughs> the chase of Charlie Sheen. Yeah, that's what I thought you were talking about. I yeah, I'm like, I don't remember him being in the bus in that one. <laughs> Sorry, I meant speed. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was awesome. And then they played chicken with buses at the end, just to top the cherry on top of the ludicrousity of, this, of the whole chase scene. I loved it. Number one. <laughs> All right. Uh, Scott, number six. All right. Uh, my number six was Al Neri. Uh, from The Godfather was in this movie. And that was really, that was genuinely a highlight for me. 
so he was the he was Jim Belushi's uh, partner. Oh, that guy. He was in yeah. The Godfather. Yeah, he was Al Neary. He was Michael's right hand man. He was in all three movies. I thought that was uh, the Apostle. What's his face? What? What you talking about, Willis? Um, their half brother in The Godfather. Really famous actor that I can't think of his name now, but I know he was in the movie The Apostle. Um, you, th- like, you thought Robert Duvall was in this movie? No, but I thought Robert Duvall is Michael Corleone's right-hand man because he's the consigliere. Whatever, his chief goon. I thought that was Luca Brazzi. Oh, no, wait, that was... Cor- that was Brazzi's the for the fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, who does he play in this? I'm totally confused with the hell you're talking about. <laughs> Scott, what was so, his character's name in this, or what's his real name? Uh, so his real name is Richard Bright. He played Sergeant Gallagher, and I only know the Gallagher part because I had uh, to look it up. But he was, he was watermelon. He was, yeah, it was Jim Belushi's uh, partner that gets shot. Okay. <laughs> Jeff totally knows who you're talking about. No, I know who you're talking about. I just I'm trying to picture him from The Godfather, and I don't. So yeah, me either. So he doesn't. But he doesn't have a we'll lot take of your life. word for it. He's always like, especially in the second and third movies, he's just kind of in the well, in the second movie especially, he's in the background. Um, he's always with Michael. Okay. Hmm. All right. Well, there we go. All right. Well, my number six is not nearly as good as a cameo, but mine's the the key guy that Alex mentioned earlier, the guy from No Ma'am, <laughs> Married with Children. Yeah. So I think that's a couple weeks in a row now where we had some No Ma'am cameos. So mm-hmm. there it is. I'm struggling with this movie, guys. There ain't much to pick um, pick from. So. Oh, you're kidding me. Oh, I'm not kidding you. No Ma'am, <laughs> that guy. I don't even know his name, but there you go. Yeah. Um, Sarah, number five. No, wait, my number six. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Alex, number six. It's okay. Uh, my number six is that I love that it took the, the, uh, a little bit of the commando approach in the fight scene editing where they film consecutive punches, but they cut them shorter so it seems like they're being rapid-fired, and every punch in this movie is a haymaker. I don't know how people's necks aren't broken. By the way, the sound effects of the punches in this movie were fucking terrible. <laughs> that was going to be my next uh, Oh, sorry, Sarah. Next sorry. One. No, no, it's okay. Yeah, I was Number about five. to mention the sound effects. Okay. Um, but also, my... the punches, though. Um, there's that one scene where Arnold was just in his car, and then one guy is like, oh, this is my parking spot. So he reaches over, and his hand extends out the window and punches him across the face. Like yeah. Well, now you're stealing one of mine. That's number three. <laughs> That's eighty feet of strength. I, I, yeah. I qualify that as an eighty feet of strength, by the way. Okay. I'm going to allow this. Okay. Well, All right. So we're on to number fives now, or sir? Wait, hold on. Just to follow up on the no. commando thing. I mean, does anyone have the music in their list? No. Yes. yes. Okay. So, then I won't say anything. Then yeah. I'll just hold off. All right, so yeah, now we're down to our number fives, right? Number fives. That was Sarah's was the sound effects. Yes, the sound effects and the music. So for me, there were like three things of the sound effects that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. All the guns sounded exactly the same. Like, it doesn't matter what type of gun they use. It was still like, pew, pew. And the, and that's exactly what they yeah, sounded like. That's exactly what the gun sounded like. They all—it's like you had me in the room going pow. Um, 
So the guns and the punches, like you mentioned earlier, they all, you know, that's what the punches sounded like. Um, And I think somewhere towards the end, they had this like crazy Asian flute music. Like (laughs) they did, they had this like crazy Asian flute music. Like it was like we're gonna see ninjas at any point in time. Entirely possible. Hey Scott, shut up. (laughs) So so that's number five for me. The bad sound effects. Okay. All right. Uh, I did not notice the bad sound effects. I noticed the the over. Yeah, I mean the loud punches you guys said earlier. I didn't notice the guns one though. That's interesting. Hmm. Um, Alex, no Scott. I have no idea. Scott, yeah, number five. Number five was the opening credits with the pseudo Cyrillic lettering. Just, <laughs> the, all they the, did was just yeah, the backwards the R. Dumbest fucking yeah, things I've ever seen in a movie ever. It was really it was so bad. It was terrible. Like if I, you know, I I almost feel like offended for Russian people. <laughs> That's how bad it was. But yeah, they just took the backwards R and they like they did something with the E and made them red and it was just I don't know who thought that would be a good idea. I hope it wasn't Walter Hill because he actually has some good work under his belt up until that point. And we're talking about the man that's responsible for Warriors. So, oh, did he come out and play? <laughs> Maybe a little bit too much in this. Um, he was a producer in like all the Aliens movies, which again, good or bad. Uh, but God, the opening credits. Somebody was just trying to justify their job. We need fancy <laughs> credits. Somebody came. A note came down from like on high. Oh, let's let's spruce up the credits a little bit. I know this movie has Russian people in it. Let's it's do backwards. some dumb fucking lettering because the backwards R is not an R, by the way. In the Cyrillic, that's not right. like how you pronounce it at all. Well, people in 80s U.S. didn't know that. So fucking terrible. Anyways, I'm angry angry about this one. Yeah, you are. Uh, Yeah, uh, you're red-heated over this one. Victor Awesome. (laughs) All right. There it is. Um, I don't know where are we now. It's... Yeah, my number five. All right. My number five is the aforementioned James Horner Steel Drums. I didn't think they were showing going to show up because I was listening I don't to them at all. Oh, dude, the chase! They scenes. were I, that and yeah, the parking lot chase scene specifically because yes. I think he used the same tune and they sounded similar, but I don't think they were exactly steel drums. I think it was some sort of string instrument that he made sound like the commando steel drums. Yeah, it was so close. I was like, "What the <laughs> heck?" And then I remember seeing his name at the beginning of the movie. I was like, "Man, that guy just pulled his old stuff here." <laughs> Because he, he, he does that in uh, 48 Hours and another 48 Hours, and Commando, certainly. That's where they were most prevalent. <laughs> I I might have been uh, just randomly going through IMDb pages during that <laughs> the scene where they had the chase in the parking garage, because I do not remember it at all. <laughs> Dude, we ought to do it. Well, I might do a thing where I just edit all the uh, steel drum scenes from every moody movie that James Horner has, has scored. Oh my gosh! But yeah, I rec- I put it, I recognize them. I pointed them out. Hey, James Horner steel drums. <laughs> Number five. All right, nice. You know, I looked up this Richard Bright guy in MDB, and his profile picture is a horse and his elbow. So, <laughs> <laughs> not the guy. I've never seen that. Not, not the. Uh... Not the best uh, 
Way to get him so well, was he, is he the horse or the elbow? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he's a chameleon. He's both. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number five is, is the stupid thing with the key. And they went through a lot of effort to get this key for a stupid locker that these guys are. Why can't they just go open the locker with a, a crowbar, crowbar or something? <laughs> yeah, they're will, yeah exactly. They're willing to like murder people. At that point, yeah, just fucking walk, walk in there with a crowbar and just get to work. <laughs> yeah. They're going through all these oh, things. But he, this guy in prison. He has to have to... Sorry, he's running this whole elaborate scheme just to get a locker key for a damn train locker. It's like, fuck, just get a crowbar. Uh, those things are cheap anyway. Or a credit card or something. Like the old 80s trick. Use a credit card. And they'll probably open up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Plus, why didn't Arnold and Belushi, they're like, oh, where does this key go they're asking everybody where does this key go why don't they go to the no man guy first <laughs> and find out because they found out in like five minutes yeah well the funny thing is like halfway through the movie Belushi gets the the message from that guy because he's complaining about alimony to his sister or whatever and you can tell <laughs> yeah, yeah. like the light bulb goes off, goes off over his head but they don't go there for like another half hour of the movie yeah Mm. Yeah. 80s logic. <laughs> Stupid key. All right. Now, Sarah, number four? Yes. I am so lost. All right. Okay. So, number four for me, I, so I really liked that random old lady that appears in the middle of the standoff. <laughs> <laughs> Towards the end of the show. Because, you know, you have all these guys, like, doing a standoff, and this old lady's like, oh, there's two guys with guns. I'm just going to waltz right in here. You know? It's like, what was going on in that old lady's mind when she was just, you know, I'm just going to walk through she this. Ob- she obviously just, like, lives at the bus station. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And just is completely oblivious to everything. She's like, ah, oh, Chicago, you know. It was a normal day occurrence. <laughs> well, it was the 80s. Maybe she was thinking of where's the beef. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, where's the beef? By the way, I will say, Mexican standoff in a Russian movie? Progressive. <laughs> Mexican standoff with a guy born in Pittsburgh and a guy born in Austria. Uh-huh. And uh, another guy in Russia? Russian guy? Is the actor that plays Victor Rasta actually a Russian guy? No. Oh, okay. He's like Pittsburgh. <laughs> oh, okay. There you go, then. Progressive. <laughs> All right. Scott, number four. My number four was one of the few things I actually liked. It was the uh, watch gag at the end. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Arnie, Arnie gives him the, the watch, and he's like, oh, well, yeah, here, have my watch. And then he realizes that Arnie's watch is a piece of shit. Just a <laughs> it's like a twenty dollar, twenty dollar like German watch. Yeah, like like <laughs> standard like military issue. Like, and he has like a some kind. I don't know, not a Rolex, but something nice. And Arnie just smiles at him because he's keeping the nice watch. <laughs> hey, maybe nowadays it's a collector's item and it's worth more. Hmm. Yeah, like the Star Lord tape deck player. I'm sure. I'm sure Germans are all about that. Uh, <laughs> that commie memorabilia. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm saying most of it probably got destroyed, and if you kept it, got a collector's item. That's right. Like all those SS uniforms. Yeah. I guess I don't know. 
<laughs> not so much. Oh. Yeah, maybe maybe not so much. I'm not too much. I'm Jesus. <laughs> I'm sure some people pay money for it. They're 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 half sweet. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Alex, number four. My number four is I love Peter Boyle as literally the <laughs> the cliche stupid chief when he says <laughs> Danko. He's a loose cannon. <laughs> <laughs> that immediately popped out in my head. You'd be like, oh, Jeebus, are you really? <laughs> Very cliche, and I loved every second of it. Because there's hardly a movie now that says, oh, that guy's a loose cannon in like a serious manner. It's always in a parody type of scenario. This McBain! <laughs> You're a loose cannon, McBain. In this department, we go by the book. book. <laughs> <laughs> by book. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, Peter Boyle, bringing back the stupid chief. <laughs> All right. Um, my number four is the, the gunfight at the very end where Victor Rasta has the aim of a stormtrooper. He gets like the first three shots <laughs> off and doesn't doesn't come close. But at the beginning of the movie, he can't miss. Yeah, he's running away from the cops, yeah. which is ridiculous. It, it was very anticlimactic too. They just walk, he just walks towards them, and they just—it was terrible ending. But I'm, I'm just glad it was over. So that's a good sign. Well, well, to be fair, Victor did go through that traumatic bus into train thing, so I was actually kind of surprised that he was able to get off any shots at all. That is true. Which, by the way, uh, that bus should have been absolutely demolished. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, like fragmented into a bajillion pieces. Well, maybe it too was on cocaine. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Jeff, I believe it's pronounced cocainum. 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 Yeah, without the, without the subtitles, we still knew what that word was. <laughs> that, that in Chicago. Um, all right, Sarah, Chicago. number three. Number three. Um, so it was. Uh, when uh, Victor was uh, collecting his uh, his gun and his like hundred dollar bill or whatever, and he he shoots the TV with his wife on it, but right after, immediately after, you see you see the wife dead, and they're like, oh yeah, he strangled her to death. So it's like, what's the point of shooting the TV if you're not gonna shoot your wife? You're just gonna go just, strangle just her. Just to show that he's an evil dick. Oh, okay. <laughs> and by the way, I like how they hand wave that whole thing. It's like, yeah. oh, she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess I don't have to keep my promise of protecting her now. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we're, running, we're running over budget now. We can't film any more scenes. Uh, <laughs> I guess she's dead now. Yeah, yeah. you're a dead body now. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of the Joker shooting the TV, or Elvis. Works. <laughs> uh, this show ain't no good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scott, number three. My number three is the uh, the bloodless bullet wounds. Oh yeah. A couple of shots, you see blood afterwards after they're laying there, but when they get hit, they just flail around as if they got hit by <laughs> imaginary bullets, as if they weren't actually getting shot. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually pretty funny. Every time someone got hit, they had to do like a little wave in the air. You know, they, yeah, both, they just, their arms go up like yeah, they're they, at a they concert. Just pirouette, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just like, oh, I got shot, and then let me conveniently move uh, twenty feet back to sit on this toilet seat. 
<laughs> yeah, that only, was like, most... the only guy that, that... got blood was the one guy that got shot in the toilet, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> poor bastard. <laughs> but yeah, that was especially egregious in the, uh, when Belushi, quote-unquote, got shot with the uh, cross-dresser nurse. Yeah. You guys, uh, you guys didn't was, get to think so? Uh, because there yeah. two scenes like I thought that, he got but... shot, and then he got flailed. It's like, whoa, that happened really fast. But then it's like, I'm not sure if he got shot, because in the scenes afterwards, he still didn't have any blood on his arm, but he was holding it. <laughs> and I didn't... They cut off, like, the shot where his shoulder would be, like, shot. So, oh. and then they show him getting a, a shot in the butt. So, I didn't realize that he actually got shot. So, the scene after that really confused me why they were taking something out of his butt. I think he was getting, like, taking, a te- tetanus shot. Was he getting a tetanus shot? I don't think, yeah. There was like, like that. There was just, like, some dumb joke, because he didn't actually get shot. So, he didn't get shot. Yeah. Well, he had to. Yeah, I guess. Well, it wasn't it wasn't clear apparently. Yeah, because maybe he got grazed or something. Because if he got shot, so. they would have made a bigger deal out of it. I would think. Yeah. But I don't know. In the middle of the investigation, he has to get a tetanus shot. Like, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. That aluminum prescription tray that he dove behind after he supposedly got shot stopped a lot of bullets. <laughs> <laughs> the rusty one. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, who knows? Movie mystery. All right, Alex, number three. My number three is touching back on uh, uh, the Stormtrooper aim. Everybody, everybody that shoots on Danko fires first and completely whiffs. It's like Greedo. That's the f- yeah, <laughs> completely. No- I know that was very noticeable. Everybody fires at least one bullet first at Danko, and then he fires three perfect shots from his giant fake gun. Yeah, was that a real gun? Like, is that a real Russian gun? No, that is a desert, a modified Desert Eagle. Okay. And the prop maker that made it made three, and he called them the uh, the Hollywood Eagles. Okay. So which yeah. gun isn't the real gun? Danko's gun. Okay. Yeah, that thing was pretty ridiculous. Yeah, it was just a, a Desert Eagle with a longer barrel, and I think the clip extended a little bit further past. And they actually had to do some engineering to get the blanks firing correctly in that gun, or else, you know, Arnold's hand might have gotten blown off. But yeah, movie trivia right there. Fake gun. Huh. Not real. Not Russian. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, my number three, where I already mentioned, is when um, Arnold punches the guy in his car window. He's like, do you know Miranda? And he says no, and he punches him. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. I've <laughs> never heard of the bitch. Slam. <laughs> It made me chuckle, so I had to put it on there. Um, all right, Sarah, number two. So, um, there was that one chick in the hotel room in 302, in the hotel room 302, who after she gets, I don't know if it's saved by Arnold, she starts following him around like an annoying NPC in a video game. <laughs> I was just going to say the same thing, yeah. <laughs> Like, she's just like, what do we do now? Where do we go? And it's like, it's not we, bitch. Just run. You know? She's like, she's there making all this noise, giving away his position. Um, and some, she, somehow she manages to dodge bullets in a hallway. 
because um, I think the, one of the guys was shooting down the hallway, and she she just like screams her way around it. Um, so I think she was still inside of the uh, Danko force bullet force field. Oh yeah, yeah. That 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 <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, she's uh, she's number two for me at uh, bad things in this movie. Yeah, it was very noticeable. I was like, so annoying. Get, get on the floor at least. Do something. Like, don't yeah, stand exactly. there. Well, she did just kill a guy. She has enough. Yeah, she has enough wherewithal to like pull out this gun and kill this guy, and all of a sudden she's just completely helpless two seconds later again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She doesn't know how to use the elevator or the stairs or whatever to run away. Mm. The NPC comparison is hilarious because I was thinking the same thing. Sorry, <laughs> just following him around. Yeah. Uh, all right, Scott, number two. All right, my number two is uh, so Hollywood really, really wanted for a, a small stretch there for James, for Jim Belushi to be funny, or not just be funny, <laughs> but to be uh, to be an A-lister. Yep. And he got a he got a shot. He got to star in quite a few movies. Yeah, this one and K Nine are his most K- the, the ones that I remember um, the most. Mister Destiny. Uh, so yeah, he got he got to do a few. And just never quite took off. And this is like, kind of, you know, this was the, I mean, in the '80s, you could do no wrong with this shit. Like <laughs> the 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 buddy the buddy cop kind of movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, no less. Yeah, you know, the Arnie, you had Arnie to carry him. Uh, and yeah, he just part of it was the dialogue. Like he just had nothing good to say most of the time. Yep. But yeah. he just kind of was flat in this movie. Yeah, he didn't have much chemistry with Arnie either. It was just kind of like, yeah. oh, hey. Yeah, there was no chemistry there yeah. either. Yeah. So for, you know, for getting as much to do as he did in this movie, he did not help it out all that much. And again, not all of it is his fault. Some terrible dialogue, but still. Yeah. Yeah, this is my number two That's as well. He was terrible in this movie. He did not make me laugh at all. Like, I think we talked about yesterday, like, he's kind of playing the Tom Arnold character from True Lies, and Tom Arnold made him look foolish, because he was good compared to this, and the chemistry, like you mentioned. This guy had none. It was bad. And whether you can blame it all on him, and the director, the writer, whatever, it was just a terrible character, and not funny at all. All All right, um, Alex, number two. Uh, My number two, we already discussed Sven Olthorsen. He's the greatest. (laughs) <laughs> all right uh my number two we just did as well so sarah number one um so it it's kind of like a it's basically the clothing in the movie is belushi's tie really pissed me off every time i saw it i'm like what is he wears the same freaking tie every scene it's this ugly like colored stripe thing so, um, and that really distracted me from the scene. Instead of watching what was going on, I was like, oh, there's that ugly-ass tie again. So, so there's that. Belushi's tie. And um, I think early on in the movie, there's a scene where Arnold goes to a bar. And it's supposed to be this, like, I think there's, like, intimidating music. And it's supposed to be this, like, really high, high-tension scene. And then there's, and then you see a couple of guys dressed in, like, really ugly Christmas sweaters. It was the eighties. It's eighties bullshit. That's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> you just yeah. say eighties okay. bullshit, and that, that perfectly describes Christmas sweaters. Is eighties bullshit? Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. But yeah, the clothing. The clothing. The mullets. 
All right. Yeah. <laughs> Mullins. <laughs> Scott, number one. Uh, my number one is uh, Arnie's accent in this movie. <laughs> uh, it, I, I actually kind of came around with it towards the end, and it was actually found it kind of charming that he was it roll the otters like with this super thick Austrian. Where's Victor Rossdale? Like, it's just <laughs> <laughs> he like God. God bless him. He tried. Like <laughs> he tried to do the accent and not knowing like more than a couple of words of Russian, he no doubt absolutely butchered <laughs> all the Russian, but he spoke a lot of it. So, you know, I'll give him credit for memorizing his, his Russian lines and spitting them out. Um, but, uh, the, the high point of, of all that is at the very beginning, um, when he has his brief fight with Spenel Thorson, and both of them are trading Russian oh, yeah. back and forth. Because <laughs> you can tell Sven's Russian isn't any better than Arnie's. Yep. And it's just like Russian gibberish going back and forth at each other. Oh, God. So good. So, yeah, my number one is Arnie's accent. Has Arnold ever done another another accent in a movie? Um. Well, wasn't he supposed to be an American fighter fighter in uh, collateral damage? <laughs> Sure, but I don't name, remember. Name, name, named Gordy. So yeah, he was I don't know if he's... Canadian. <laughs> he didn't do an accent. He was just Arnold. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's usually that, that thing of like... They, they also do Jean-Claude Van Damme where he's like, Special Forces, but he fucking clearly did not grow up here. <laughs> well, he's a robot for Christ's sake and he has an Austrian accent, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was you just know, faulty the, programming. Blend in. Get to blend into Los Angeles <laughs> because you told me to. <laughs> All right, uh, Alex, number one. My number one. We already discussed the bus chase. I loved it. All right. Corny, but I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, my number one is the the beginning of the movie where he breaks off the guy's leg and there's cocaine in it. And cocaine. <laughs> yeah. He puts this little hitch into it. He goes like cocaine. Yeah, and I think because I this is the first Arnold movie I saw after Commando, and I remember I watched it over at Adam's house, and it was like it was actually his parents were there. It was like a big family gathering watching it, and I thought he was really ripping his leg off. Like it freaked me out as a kid. I was like, oh god, oh wait, what's this white stuff coming out? I didn't really understand the drugs at the time. <laughs> So that's, it stuck with me. That's the only thing I remembered from this movie. So that had to be my number one. Breaking off okay. his leg, pouring out the cocaine. Cocaine. All right. So let's uh, rate this sono bitch. Uh, yeah. All right, Sarah. Okay. Do us the honors. Rating. Uh... Oh, scale. Oh, I don't know sorry. if I this. I think I left this out. Wait, okay. So on a scale. <laughs> So yeah, way to go, Scott. Right. Yeah, wait. Well, <laughs> damn it, Alex. Uh, so just to break it down, well, you know, it's a good reminder for for any new listeners or old listeners that perhaps are aware of this. But uh, it's on a scale of one to seven, um, and the the middle being uh, four is that it's good, we recommend it. Three being it's okay, and there's some good parts, and then we go from there. Seven being the, the greatest, one being just completely unredeemable. And then in between. So, with that guideline, 
Okay. Would you like us to go first? Then you can kind of see how it goes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> Alex, you can go first. I'm going to go with the number three here. This is arguably Arnold's... Uh, it's, this might be his second worst movie. Not only because it's tied to Jim Belushi, but... Yeah, he didn't... I mean, he was pretty much... I, I think he had more charm being a Terminator than he did being Lieutenant <laughs> Danko. So, except for a couple of scenes. So, I'm going to give this movie a three overall. Okay. Scott? Uh, I don't know if this is even his second or third worst movie, um, but it's it's pretty terrible. Uh, there's, there's barely enough here for bad movie night fodder. Uh but other than that, there's not a whole lot to recommend this. Uh, the villain is super sleazy, but otherwise forgettable. Um, and there's a lot of like Machiavellian plans that go nowhere. Uh, mm-hmm. Action is kind of blah. So I give it a two. All right. I, too, will also give it a two. Um, it's, it's, I had a hard time rewatching it. I would never watch it again. I'm sure there's worse movies than this. I remember like Raw Deal being worse than this. Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> That's why I say it's the second worst movie. Yeah, some of his newer or newer stuff, the stuff like post T2 and True Lies, like yeah. that era. Collateral damage. Yeah, six I remember Six Day being fucking awful. Yeah, yes. so but I think that Collateral Damage is tough. That's that's perfect. Bad movie night fodder. Yeah. So. So I'll put it above those. So it's not the worst thing. I won't give it a one, but I won't. I don't ever want to watch it again. So that's that's <laughs> what I have as a two. Um, all right, Sarah. Now you think you can make a decision? Yeah. Okay. All right. I I think I'll also give it a two. I, I can't really recommend too much about this. I I kind of wish it was so bad of a movie that it was actually good, you know. But I feel like a lot of uh, it, it, the movie kind of takes itself a bit too seriously. Um, so, yeah, two. All right. There it is. Sounds like a good score to me. Um, <laughs> I've, I've, I've got uh, a few honorable, dishonorable mentions to run through here quickly, okay. if you guys don't mind. All right. Uh, so, this, first and foremost, this movie predates Diplomatic Immunity from Lethal oh, Weapon. Really? Because they ask him how he, they got his gun through the airport. Which, by the way, is a very valid question. <laughs> How are you scared to get this gun to the airport? And he says, diplomatic immunity. <laughs> so, so, Lethal Weapon was not the first, Lethal Weapon 2 was not the first movie to, to coin that phrase. Mm. Uh, which surprised me, because that came out a year later. Uh, yeah, but that was also a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, second, I mentioned it before, but the clean heads instead of the skin heads is one of the dumber things <laughs> in this movie, and that's saying something. Um, but that made him look very handsome. Yeah. The, the 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 part where they go to talk to the guy in the prison about halfway through, and they just let him walk around the prison yard unsupervised. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> they talk, well, he, he was But then Arnie talks to the guy, and he gives this really, like, completely out of tone with the movie. He gives this weird philosophical speech about, like, how... Uh, uh, black people have been oppressed in America and how that relates to Russia and politics and the economy. And it goes on for like 10 minutes. 
<laughs> I'm like, what the hell did I just watch? And then it ends. You don't see that guy again. Like the, the whole point was just just to show he was blind, I guess, because I thought it would look cool. But it's so weird. Uh, so there's that scene. Um, there was uh, the stupid '80s uh, outfits from the in the dance studio. Gene Gershon's leading him. That kicked my ass. Um, and <laughs> no and, belly buttons were shown. Yeah, and I did like how she immediately is smoking a cigarette right after that because it's the 80s. Well, healthy. Like, <laughs> that was a good workout. <laughs> Time to light one up. <laughs> uh, her letting down her hair, too, was pretty hilarious. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was no, that was very, like, uh, George Lucas. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was... <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, just a few things to mention that, I, that stuck out to me. Uh, All right. 80s. There it is. Cool. Well, now on to our crossover list, which is Bad Accents, right, Alex? Yes, that is correct. All right. Uh, Sarah, you want to lead us off here? Sure. Um, so I haven't actually seen this movie in full. I've only seen trailers, but whenever I see the trailers, it, it always um, I, I, it, there's something off about. It, but it's Foxcatcher and Steve Carell's character. Um, maybe it's I'm too used to Steve Carell in The Office, so whenever he does like an accent or anything, I'm just like, oh, it's Michael Scott doing a funky accent. <laughs> but um, uh, but yeah, so when he pulls off this, I I don't know what his. I think it's like based off a of real real something that happened in real life. Um, but to me, he just sounds like an old like Steve Carell trying to be an old man. And I, I don't know, like an old man accent. I don't know if that's an actual thing. Yeah, that counts. But of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Sandler, dude. Yeah, that's an accent. <laughs> oh, of course it is. Oh, well, shampoo is better. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I've never seen Foxcatcher, but I've heard, yeah, his performance in that is pretty weird. Yeah. It's creepy, but also kind of like, oh. Okay, Steve Carell, you do you. <laughs> I'll allow it. All right, Scott, number five. Number five, and this is one that usually always pops up the number one of all time uh, list when it comes to bad accents. But this was a big movie in my childhood, so I I don't dislike it, but I do recognize that it is one of the all-time bad accents and uh, that is Dick Van Dyke as Bert and Mary Poppins doing the cockney. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I love the character. Sherry I love, Poppins. I love, yeah. I love <laughs> Dick Van Dyke uh, in, in this movie, but his accent is atrocious. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my what number about, five. What about Jack Black doing the same character? And Run, Ronnie, Run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That one's classic too, but for different reasons. <laughs> uh, this is number my number three is Dick Van Dyke. My only reservation is, is it, was it supposed to be that bad? And so, but I, uh, but I, I don't think anybody cared. Yeah. So he's he, he, like they had a lot of chemistry, and he was still doing all the dance numbers, and you know, well, that's, acting was fine. It's just accent. But that's what I'm saying. Was he was he trying to do it over the top one? So it was not like he couldn't pull it off. He was just trying to be 
something. A cartoon yeah. character yeah. to match but up with the penguins. Like mm-hmm. they, they, they could have gotten a million other actors could have done the accent is is the thing. So, but Julie Andrews is totally British, so it's not like they got an American actor for that. She's totally British. She's totes Brit. <laughs> totes Brit, bruh. All right, Alex, number five. My number five is from a movie that, damn it, I should watch again because I really enjoyed it. Uh, and but this accent was fucking terrible in just one specific scene. But Ed Harris in the movie Enemy at the Gates. And they have him, he's like the German sniper that's opposing the Russian snipers. And he's, you know, he's talking to his own general, so he's speaking English in the movie, but you kind of get the hint this was in the late 90s or the aughts, so everybody knows that he's really speaking German, but they're translating it for the audience. But he still has to talk with a German accent. And the one line where he says, oh, blah, 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 something, something, mein General with a hard G. Oh, my gosh. I literally groaned and rolled my eyes at the same time well, in the movie theater. Like, oh, yeah, welcome to this movie. I was trying to do it with a bad accent, but I couldn't figure out how to do it. <laughs> yeah, but mine, mine, General Ed Harris, ladies and gentlemen, number five. <laughs> All right, um, my number five is Jodie Foster in Elysium. I don't know. Have you guys seen this? Oh, I haven't seen uh, it. I, I don't remember. I, that was a, a very forgettable movie. So yeah, I don't remember her accent in that though. It was. I don't know what it was. It was some English. It it was it was. Was so it supposed to be like South African? Is South Africa? I'm not sure. Yeah, South Africa. <laughs> um, I don't know what it was, but it it bugged the crap out of me. I looked up online afterwards when it came out. Other people said the same thing. So I don't think it was me just not knowing what it was. Are you sure it wasn't just clicks and whistles like Nell? Yeah, no. She wasn't. No? She okay. wasn't a. Uh, <laughs> whatever. Uh, what is it? Booking prawn. <laughs> South African. Booking oh, prawn. Uh, yeah, prawn. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Jodie Foster, Elysium. It was that movie had tons of problems, and she shouldn't have been one, right? You get an actress like that, that shouldn't be a problem with the movie, and it was. So, all right, um, Sarah, number four. So for number four, I have, um. The, I forget what his name was, but the guy that, that's in Iron Fist, starring as Iron Fist, um, I think at one point... <laughs> uh, he, Finn? Yeah, no, no, what was, was Finn, Finn? Finn McCool? Finn McCool, yeah. Well, yeah, let's just call him Finn, Finn Jones. McCool. His name's Finn, Finn Jones. Jones. So at one point, I, I think he, he, like, studied in, you know, like, heaven, and he so he knows, like, ch- Chinese or whatever, so he's trying to speak to... um. Uh, the other character in Chinese, but it's just it's just atrocious. Like it was, I I could not because I actually understand. Yeah. How do you know it wasn't just like a different dialect he was doing? No, no, I I I <laughs> I, I know that I can I can understand. I don't speak it well, but I can and understand when someone's mangling it. So uh, um, and the fact it's, is, it's, Sarah, it's pronounced Mandarin. Oh, sorry, Mandar Mandarin. Um, so I think it's worse because it sounds like they tried to dub over it. So he probably messed up while recording, like in real life. And then they had to like dub over it again. And it still sounded bad. 
So I, I just I just can't I can't get over can't I, get over I don't that. I don't believe you that his Chinese accent is bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's like British too. So he's a British guy playing an American guy that that's speaking Chinese. Oi, I'm speaking Chinese right here. <laughs> is he totes British? Fighting around the world. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I think I think he's totes British. <laughs> totes Brit, bruh. Iron fisting around the world. Oi! <laughs> Oi! My f- fist is poetry, you vagina. <laughs> Iron fisting! <laughs> All right. Yep. Scott, number Iron four. Iron fist, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> okay. Uh, my number four is... Uh, <laughs> this is one of... Okay, so for this actor... Even for this actor, this is ridiculous. Um, and that is uh, Nick Cage in, in Con Air, the, uh, the, su- the amalgamation of southern accents that he's doing in this. God damn it. Should have thought of this, too. Is so it, – it actually makes the movie watchable because it's so fucking ridiculous. Like at no point did somebody pull him aside and be like, uh, Nick, you know, nobody actually talks like that, right? Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> he just went with it. Uh, yeah, go. If, if you have not seen Con Air... Uh, yeah, do yourself a favor. For for his accent alone. Uh, Give me that butt, eh? It's a little Forrest Gumpy in that line. Uh, yeah, he, he's... Yeah, that's actually the closest, probably. It sounded like he was trying to do, like, uh, a more suave Forrest Gump. I mean, his hair is glorious in this, too, by the way. Yeah. Shout-outs to that meme where it says, oh, it's just a gif, but it says, blow on the screen in three, two, one. And then you just, right on the screen, and it's a picture of a gif of Nick Cage and his glorious hair from Gun Air just blowing in the wind. Gold. That sounds funny. I've never seen that before. You haven't? No? Oh, man, it's awesome. All right. Even even without the meme, that gift is amazing. Yes. <laughs> All right, Alex, number four. My number four is probably uh, I love this movie so much, and they do the um, hey, we're not really speaking Russian, but we're gonna speak English for the audience type of uh, film fakery in there for uh, for the benefit of the audience, the the best, and it's Sean Connery in the Hunt for Red October. I uh, might have more to say about this later. Yep. But yeah, he's uh, uh, speaking of Russian, which I'm, I'm sure he's butchering. But then he's talking to Sam Neill, and they do that awesome scene where they zoom into the ear, and then they zoom back, and they're speaking English, so that everybody knows, okay, they're really speaking Russian, but it's in English for us. And but he, because it's an American movie, everybody has to do the accent for the language that they're supposed to be speaking. It's not the funny thing is, is, like, most of his dialogue is with Sam Neill. And Sam Neill is at least, like, affecting all that it, it is. Or Sean Connery is just like this the whole movie. <laughs> yep. <laughs> One ping, please. One ping, Mr. Michelle. <laughs> One ping on <laughs> Yep. This is my number two. There it is. So. <laughs> For Red October. <laughs> and it's st- stealing my thunder, Alex, by the way. Sorry. All right. I'm not going to steal your thunder for my number one. I can guarantee you that. All right. My number four is uh, John Malkovich in Rounders. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> uh, 
That's bad. Yeah, that's a good one. Bad, more bad Russian or East European accents. I don't even know what he was doing there. And uh, he did eat Oreos in a specific yeah. manner. Uh, Jeff, I think I think what he did there was mail it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and if you haven't seen Rounders, go watch Rounders. Kids still play cards yeah, these days. Texas hold them. They should. Yes, yeah, Sarah. Yeah. You still play yeah. cards? Yeah, of course. There you go. Sarah gets. I, I did play yeah. with Sarah once. She gets like hyper competitive. <laughs> She's she yeah, gets sharp. yeah. We we played poker once. Yeah. So, I won though. So. No, no. I'm pretty sure I won. No, I'm, I'm no. pretty well. I got my money back. I don't that much. Okay. But I didn't lose. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, John Malkovich Rounders. Watch it. Malkovich Rounders. Yes. KGB. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah, number three. So my number three and two come as a pair. Um, it's from Avengers: Age of Ultron. The the Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch combo. <laughs> so they're I, I don't know where they're supposed to be, where are they supposed to be from? Slovakia. Slovakia. Sorry. Bratislava. Yes. So their accents are all like this. It's all over the place. Um. So yeah, I think I think that uh disturbed my enjoyment of the movie a little bit. Uh, I, I would say Aaron Johnson was definitely better than, than Olsen was with the accent, but they're both... They're yeah. both pretty bad, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They probably spent more time perfecting, like, the finger-waving and, <laughs> you know, finger-massaging than, than the actual... Uh, no, she's on record like, saying, like, she practiced a long time to get the, like, finger movements down. Okay, <laughs> but not but not the dialect. <laughs> yeah, but not the dialect. <laughs> oh. All right, that was a good one. Uh, Scott, number three. All right, my number three, uh, it's a movie that I'm sure none of you have seen, but it always strikes me as hilarious. Uh, so, I think mid-2000s, uh, Brittany Murphy did this British movie called... R.I.P. Love... Yeah, R.I.P. Uh, did this other movie called Love and Other Disasters. Um, and the movie starts with a... Like, shitty narration, just explaining what's going on. And it's the main character speaking, Brittany Murphy's character. And she explains, like, right off the bat that, now sometimes you're going to hear my accent go in and out of British, like, and go to an American. But that's because I was born in America and then came over to England, like, a while ago. <laughs> I, that was, at the point, was one of the funniest things I'd ever heard. <laughs> like, they clearly had, like, put this in after the fact. Yeah. To like show that she could not keep up with the accent for the entire movie, so that like they, they must have been like shooting for like a month or so, and they were just like fuck it, we'll just we'll just add this thing in the beginning to say like oh she's part American that's why she dips in and out of the accent, uh, so yeah it, it's it's so ridiculous but love and other disasters it's a Brady Murphy movie. All right, uh, Alex number three. Uh, my number three is actually Arnie from Red Heat. Not because when I think of bad accents, that's actually the first one that I think of. Because Arnold is just speaking in his normal accent, except rolling his R's a little bit more. So he's like, hey, he tries well, a little bit more than that. I know. He just can't. He can't like. Is like. He's like so in the back of his throat. That he can't. He can't do like that. Like all the Russian stuff is. Right, but you know, some Hollywood producers like, dude, we'll get Arnold Schwarzenegger as a Russian. He's Russian, right? So, eh, yeah. Sorry, Arnie. 
Number three. Ready. All right. I just realized we missed out on a golden opportunity for us to do accents this entire episode. <laughs> but too late. Uh, I'm speaking in a perfect Mexican accent right now. <laughs> <laughs> My number three is... No, I'm just kidding. Um, number three is Mary Poppins. Did I already say this? Yes. yes. Dick Van Dyke. Mm-hmm. No, mine is actually Mary Poppins. Even though she's totes oh. British, she had a terrible English accent. Toad's good, Brad. Julie Andrews is the worst. <laughs> so, Overrated. Uh, Sarah, number two. Uh, I did my three and two together. Oh, that's right. Yeah. All right. So who's the worst for you, Sarah? The worst? Like, between the two of them. Um, yeah, I would have to say Elizabeth Olsen. I, I, I think she couldn't really pull it off. Okay. And her character survives, so she has to do more of it. So yeah. It's more painful. Yeah. <laughs> I think she toned it down in um, Civil War a little bit. Or maybe she actually had time to practice. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. She had the fingers down, so. Yeah. All right, Scott, number two. Yeah. My number two, as Alex mentioned before, was Sean Connery from Red October. Uh, it's just, he's in full Connery mode. It's one of my favorite. Uh, <laughs> he's like, got full Connery. <laughs> Yeah, like 80s, 80s movies, action movies. Uh, John McTiernan who had a great stretch of movies, uh, but uh, yeah, just <laughs> they 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 finally come on on board. The the Americans make it on board the Red October, and uh, <laughs> Connery actually speaks to them in Russian, and like <laughs> he's got nothing on Arnie <laughs> in the scene. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> You're just like new par Rushki. Like, which is Russian for, like, do you speak Russian? Um, and just, uh, I present to you the Blissile Mystic Missile Submarine Red October. And just, he, he can't, like... Uh, and, he, he, again, was tra- he was trying to backwards his R's. Yeah, and again, yeah. And again, everybody <laughs> else around him is, is doing the thick uh, Russian... Even Sven Olthorsen, who also makes him... Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're all They're all doing it, and it doesn't quite... I mean, he can get away with it, though, because, you know, the gravitas there is Captain Remus. Gravitas. But, uh, yeah, the Connery and Red October. It's not good. <laughs> it's Russian's not good. Careful, Ryan. Things in here don't react well to well, bullets. bullets. <laughs> Your conclusions were all wrong, Ryan. Paul's <laughs> acted stupidly. Uh, Alex, number three. Or number two. My number two is... <laughs> I love this movie so much, and it's one of um, damn it, Hans Gruber's best films. What's his face? Alan Rickman. Yeah, Alan Rickman's best films. Robin Hood, Kevin Costner. Catch Terrible. Damn it, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Come on, Kevin Costner. Starts off I, trying to do I, it, I, and I then he just agree. forgets it. I completely agree that's terrible, and I have more to say about this in a second. All right. Then I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Uh, my number two is Sean Connery. You guys already stole that one. So, Sarah, on to number one. <laughs> so, for me, um, I think this is a relatively recent movie, past five years or so. Um, it is... Scarlett Johansson and Don Juan, Don Juan, Don Juan. Um, I don't, I don't know. She's doing um, her Jersey accent. Yeah, her Jersey yeah. accent. I think we could all agree that 
that she's an attractive woman, you know? Uh, I guess. Oh, yeah, she's just, <laughs> just kind of attractive. She's that uh, But I think if she were to come up to me with that accent, I'll be like, please, the door is over that way, you know, get away from me. So that accent is enough for me to 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 shoo Scarlett Johansson away. So I think that's top. <laughs> shoo ScarJo, scoot, yeah. shoo. Go away. So, yeah, yeah, I think I think uh, that would be number one for me. Okay. It's just a very emotional reaction to, to that accent. A visceral. Yeah. yeah. Joy, joyzy. Okay. Joyzy accent. Joy, joy, joyzy. Joyzy, yeah. Uh, Scott, number one. Uh, my number one is Kevin Costner from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Uh, like Alex said, um, he, he puts a little twang in a couple words throughout the entire movie, but for the <laughs> most part, does not have the accent at all. Um, it is so, like, even, uh, uh, what's his face? Um, Morgan Freeman? Not Morgan Freeman. Alan Rickman. Uh, Alan Rickman. Not Rickman. Uh, Christian uh, Slater. Thank you. Even Christian Slater's doing a British accent in this movie. And Slater's is fucking terrible in this, but at least he's trying. <laughs> he is cuffs. He is cuffs. This is true. I I wonder, like, if Costner's just, like, physically incapable of doing the British accent. If it's, if it's like uh, Benedict Cumberbatch trying to say penguin or something like that. Penguin. <laughs> <laughs> Penguin, but he just. I, sorry, I, I I didn't say that right. Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> there it is. Uh, I didn't uh, know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I I don't know. Like he must have just like tried it out and it just like right off the bat said, yeah. "Fuck it." <laughs> you know what? This isn't for me. Your name, your name's big enough. Uh, we'll just get away with it. Uh, we've got Morgan Freeman here. Uh, we've got. Uh, Brian fucking Adams. <laughs> Hell yeah. Right, this is going to make a bajillion dollars. Don't worry about it, Kevin. <laughs> Go ahead and grow that mullet out. Go, grow that mullet out. <laughs> work out a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Learn how to shoot a bow, sort of. And then and then we'll be good to go. And, uh, yeah. So my number one, Kevin Costner. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Mm, Prince. All right. Um, my number one, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. So, since I get to talk the last two, I'm going to throw an honorary mention in to one of the best accents. Alan Rickman, a British guy playing a German guy, doing an American guy. Oh, God! (laughs) Clay. (laughs) Bill Clay. So, there's my honorable mention. (laughs) There we go. Chukaman right there. Yes. I, I do like how that's like the default American accent for Brits. It's to do the Southern... Like, do some kind of weird southern accent. Because mm-hmm. I guess that's a lot easier to do than our default American accent, which is no accent. Oh, no way, bro. You're one of them terrorists. Yeah. <laughs> like Come Kenneth on, bro. Uh, I was trying to catch some tasty uh, waves on this roof and, uh... <laughs> in the uh, Wild Wild yeah. West. There it is. Wiki Wild Wild West? No. Oh. All right. It's time for Alex Knows Sports. Oh, wait, we didn't get to my number one. Damn it. What? You did your number one. No, I did. My number two was Kevin Costner. Uh, we were all doing our number one, so how did that happen? I don't know. All right. All right. What's your number one, Alex? 
Oh, I can't believe you didn't get to Scott. Sean Connery again. And you only lived twice trying to do a Japanese accent. Oh, God, that's, that is good. That is strong. Strong. Ohio. Gozaimashu. Arigato. Gozaimashu. Shodeshne. Besides Cartman, this is the best accent you've ever done. Sean Connery doing a Japanese accent. I... Like at the beginning of the movie, he, he gets on that, that like uh, spy train in Japan, um, and he asks for sake. <laughs> I'd like the guy offers him a drink, and he's like, oh, "I'd like some sake, um, served at at like seventy three point two degrees." And the guy's like super impressed with him for knowing the temperature that sake is supposed to be. <laughs> like, I'd like some sake, please. Oh God! It's like, yeah, we serve it like that, anyways. Well, well you don't need to ask. We're so going to put kids, ice in it for you. For the kids at home that haven't seen you only live twice, they they disguise uh, Sean Connery as a Japanese man, which entails basically like dying his hair black. <laughs> yeah, putting a black. Spock wig on him. Yeah, and then they like spray tan him, and then like he's supposed to pass as Japanese. It's one of the most glorious things to ever take place in film. But it was the 60s, so whatever. Anything is fair games. This was... Uh, you know, Breakfast at Tiffany's, Mickey Rooney, doing the single most uh, offensive characterization ever. But yes, Jeebus age. Uh, anyway, yeah, number one. <laughs> that, that, that is pretty strong. Yeah. All right, I, is that everybody? Do we have any uh, listener stuff, Alex? Yes, we do. Oh, yeah, that whole section. Okay, go. <laughs> yeah. Real um, quick, Old Joe is the only one that commented. Thank you, Old Joe. Thanks, Joe. And uh, he, he hasn't seen this movie in years, but he liked what he saw 20 years ago, so he gives Red Heat a number five. Whoa! <laughs> that is awfully generous. That's, uh, that's rose-tinted glasses, memory, again, whatever. No, you don't, Joe. No, live, <laughs> live, let, let it live on in your memory as a five. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do that to yourself. Just yep. keep it as it is. Pristine. And uh, he could he could fill his uh, top five crossover list with just nothing but Nick Cage and Sean Connery, which we we can relate to. But uh, his list is uh, number five: Angelina Jolie in Tomb Raider. Okay, yeah, that's pretty uh, bad. Number four: Joe Pesci in Four Honors. Never seen it. Massachusetts, Massachusetts, and that accent was awful. Uh, number three: Keanu Reeves in Dracula. Oh yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> oh, so yeah, Count Dracula. <laughs> Whoa. Call uh, Dracula. Uh, number two, Nick Cage and Con Air. Yep. And his number one was, uh, again, Sean Connery, but for Hunt for Red October, which I, th- I think you forgot about. You only lived twice, Joe. So, so it was the Pesci movie For Honors or With Honors? Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, never mind. It says For Honors over here. I trust Joe. Okay. But, yeah. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Alright, now it's time for Alex Knows Sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. I love this sports ball. so much. I can't wait to get to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeff's so, already in the eject button. There's, <laughs> it's time for... Neil. started, Jeff's like... Uh, this is over. All right, uh, we're going to a, a, a competitive... Uh, unorthodox sport. This week, competitive drinking, where legendary drinker Tony Gwynn, who had a drinking average of 0.394, 
was honored in a beer by uh, Alesmith. He has his own beer now. It's a pale ale. It's very delicious. That's his drinking average? It's not his, like, blood alcohol content? <laughs> I think it was also, and he survived, you know? I don't think there's been a drinking average or a drinking BAC that high since uh, Ted Williams back in the 20s. I think, that I might think, be true. Alex, <laughs> Alex, that's, that, no, it, there's somebody that is way higher than that, and that's uh, the great Wade Boggs. I say Wade Boggs. Ooh, Wade Boggs. Goes down also, smooth. Legendary uh, competitive drinker. Who legendarily drank a 30 case of beer on a single plane flight across the States, mm-hmm. as the legend gets. And always always sunny. Did um, <laughs> did Wade Boggs hit over three ninety? I don't think so. Okay. Just like people in general. What? He no. hit three hundred and ninety people. No, his average. That's what the three ninety four uh, is. Okay. Uh, if you if you like have a uh, a decent amount of of plate appearances throughout the season, you're hitting three ninety. That is like going to be one of the all time seasons. So, if Tony Gwynn hit 394 in a season, that is one of the all-time greatest single seasons that a batter's ever had. Yeah. yeah. He played baseball? A little bit. He also ate Denny's. Oh, okay. Grand Slam oh. breakfast. <laughs> yes, he, he, he did enjoy his Grand Slam breakfast. And R.I.P., mm. he, he passed away recently. Great, great oh. man. Good ball player. Next, you're going to tell me he was a fighter pilot. No. Oh, but he was a San Diego, San Diego native, I believe, and played for the Padres his whole career. So good on him. Yep. Sign for Liam right, News. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. Okay, so uh, earlier last week, the official Game of Thrones trailer dropped for season seven. Uh, I know Alex and I saw it. Uh, I don't know Alex or Sarah saw it. Yes, definitely. <laughs> well, I didn't see it, but why did you say you know Alex and I? <laughs> Alex, yeah. uh, what I said, I thought it, I meant to say Jeff and I saw it. Sorry. Uh-huh. Uh, I was going to segue. I was going to segue to ask if you two had. But anyways, uh, so everybody except Alex saw it because Alex isn't allowed to have fun. Uh, so, video. Um, you know, it's, it's July sixteenth. Cannot come soon enough. Uh, looks like there was all kinds of. Uh, stuff coming to a head, although a lot of stuff did in the last season. But it uh, looks like Daenerys finally makes it to Westeros <laughs> after six agonizing seasons. Um, oh, so it's, they're just ripping off Five Goes West at this point. Well, Jim Stewart's dead, so they can't get him to do a cameo. Oh. Yeah, I know. Uh, so... <laughs> Yeah, a lot, a lot of stuff going on in this trailer. Uh, for me, it's interested in watching it and breaking it down. But yeah, some of the highlights are, uh, without spoiling anything, that yeah, they finally, Daenerys finally does make it to Westeros. Um, She's going to have to invest she... in a coat, doesn't she? Yeah, it's like, true. Yeah. Yeah. Then we're going naked. It's wintertime. Nah, her dragon yeah. will just breathe next to her like a heat lamp the whole time. She'll be good. That's <laughs> true. It's known. Uh, is, that... win- is winter coming? I, I hadn't heard. Uh, it looks like the, uh, the Lannisters, at least at King's Landing, are surrounded at all sides, or at least assuming that they are. Um, at some point, it looks like Jon and, and Tormund Giants Bane are beyond the wall again, uh, running from something. Uh, 
Um, not difficult to imagine what that might be. Sam, uh, Samuel Tarly. <laughs> no Sam, I don't remember seeing Sam in the trailer. Uh, so. That's why. Mm. Yeah. Do you think uh, Gendry yeah. will come back this season? With really mm. buff arms? I doubt it. Is that like on your wish list? No. It's Whoa. just like, it'll just be a cool thing to happen. People will be like, hey, where have you been for so long, you know? And why'd your arms get so buff? Well, because he was rowing for, like, the last five years. Because <laughs> yeah. he had to train for that sauna scene in Red Heat. There you go. I hope he comes back. Because if he never comes back, that's kind of a weird subplot to have that just disappears. Yeah, so, again, a ton of other things going on in the trailer, so... Uh, for those that obsess over it, like I do, um, there's plenty to try to suss out. And yeah, again, they're well beyond the books at this point, so mm-hmm. it's interesting. Uh, so there's that. Uh, Sherlock, uh, the BBC adaptation that's been going on lately with Benedict Cumberbatch, <laughs> uh, is, uh, season four is dropped on Netflix. So, uh, just yesterday, I watched the first episode of Season 4, or Series 4, as they say, across the pond. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I was a big fan of the first three seasons. Uh, I like this new one. I um, was a little disappointed in it, because they hand-wave a lot of things that had happened in the previous season. Um, but, uh, yeah, I look forward to to finishing this out. So, yeah, for anybody that that like Sherlock, that didn't have access to it before, it is now available on Netflix. Uh, moving on to some comic book stuff, uh, Tom Hardy has been cast as Venom, who will do a standalone Venom movie. Noise. So I guess there will be Red him Venom. as... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you feel in control. <laughs> you are born bitten by spiders. <laughs> I was born. <laughs> you really adopted them. You're going back in time. <laughs> that's what it sounded like. <laughs> yeah, I guess I, I felt myself dropping into that. Uh, but anyways, uh, so Tom Hardy is Venom. It's got to be some kind of anti-hero movie. It looks like, um, so Sony's completely scrapped their whole uh, Sinister 7, 6, whatever that was, yeah. and their attempts to do kind of the their version of the MCU or whatever the hell the DC one's called now, uh, the DC MU. I, I don't know what that one is, uh, but so they've got that one coming. Um, and on top of a, that, they need a rated R movie to compete with uh, Logan and Daredevil. I mean uh, Deadpool. Well, I don't know if they need it, but this is definitely something. Well, that, I'm, I'm sure they think they need it. Uh, so this, yes, yeah, Sony's tempted that. Uh, so yeah, it seems like all the stuff is coming out of the Spider-Man stable. Um, so you've got Venom for, for the Sony Spider-Man MCU thing. Uh, so you've got uh, Tom Hardy's Venom. And on top of that, they've announced a Black Cat and Silver Sable movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, which will be another standalone movie. Uh, I think the working title is Black and Silver or something like that. Mm. Uh, so who knows when that's going to drop. Um, depending on how Venom does or the problems they have getting Venom off the ground. But yeah, it looks like they're they're dead set on just taking characters out of Spider-Man that aren't licensed to anybody else and going from there. 
So yeah, the won't be long before we have the the SCU, the or the alternate Marvel SMCU. Yeah. I mean, technically, I mean, technically, Fox um, already has all the X Men movies, but I don't know. It, it's weird. We don't. I don't think we consider them as being the like X Men universe or the XCU or something like that. I don't. I don't know what the hell we call it, but we just call them you know X Men movies. Uh, yeah. It, but then again, they haven't tried to do the the long continuity thing for the most part. Uh, so yeah, that's my news. Uh, Jeff, did you have anything to add? I saw Alien Covenant. It's a piece of shit. I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was awful. Don't watch it. Um, that's my review. <laughs> Is it as bad as Red Heat? Ah, uh, that's tough. No, Red Heat's better. <laughs> glowing, glowing recommendation. Yeah, no, I I recommend you don't see it. Oh, okay. It is, Yeesh. yeah. But hey, that's just my opinion. I've seen lots of good reviews out there, but yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Nothing else. Done. Okay. Um, Sarah, is there any movie news, video game news, anything like that? Um. TV. TV. Uh, I I don't. Nothing comes to mind. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, if you think of something else, just chime in here. Um, Alex? Uh, nope, I got nothing. All right, you covered, it, you covered it all. All right, I think that is going to wrap things up for this week. Uh, Jeff, what are we gonna be talking about next time? We're talking about E.T., the extraterrestrial. And since um, I was terrified of this alien as a child, we are crossover thing is going to be the top five things that terrified us as children. So, like I said, it doesn't have to relate to movies. It can be anything. It could be a roller coaster. It can be the scary kid down the street. It could be... Uh, the Chupacabra? I'm gonna, yes. I'm, I'm going to spoil one right now and say that the My Little Buddy doll was fucking terrifying. <laughs> so. But wherever he goes, you're going to go. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe just to make it a little... Yeah, make it... Obviously, horror movies are meant to scare you, but stuff that shouldn't have been scary that scared you. But if you can only think of horror movie stuff, you're not a wuss like I was, then fine, do that. But That's it. Um, that wraps up this episode. Right. Thanks for joining us, Sarah. Thanks for having me on. All right. And thanks for listening, everybody. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you. So feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.